Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm James Courtney. Tony Delberto. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Todd Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now, here's your host, Craig Revell. The test is this weekend, and the liveries and drivers have been rolled out all week. I think the colour's fantastic. I think it looks great. It's just amazing. It's all coming up today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Our lead story this week is Nissan going to join the V8 Supercar Series in 2013. In a press conference held in Melbourne today, V8 Supercar's Chief Tony Cochran and CEO David Malone unveiled the plan for the manufacturer to join up with Kelly Racing. The announcement securing the first part of Mark Scaife's Car of the Future plan to increase manufacturer numbers in the series. The Car of the Future, you've heard me say it now for almost a thousand days, is the core part of our V8 Supercars growth. It's fundamental to the future of this sport and the ongoing success of this brand in this part of the world. Challenging um, how we could make an entry back into motorsport and use a property such as the V8 Supercar Championship uh, is really the catapult uh, to align with our ambitions um, around innovation and excitement. Carl Reindler has been confirmed as the fourth member of Kelly Racing. Rick Kelly said he's looking forward to Rydler joining the team with fair income shed support, transferring with him from Brad Jones Racing. Carl fits very well with our future plans as well. We've got a lot happening here at Kelly Racing and it's quite refreshing to have Carl come on board and see how excited he is with the new opportunity that he's got in front of him here at Kelly Racing and uh, myself and Todd and the whole team are just as excited as Carl is. Their supercars have leaked that Channel 9 and Channel 10 are interested in taking on the V8 supercars in 2013 as negotiations for the rights continue. The television bidding war is hoped to increase the income for the series following the recent High Court decision that the Optus Now TV recording app does not contravene copyright laws which could potentially devalue the online rights to the sport. Tim Slade took his brand new Lucky 7 Falcon for a spin at Queensland Raceway this week. Slade spoke about getting a brand new ride. There's a few uh, few little bits and pieces which, you know, suit me um, better inside the cockpit and, uh, you know, a few other little demon tweaks here and there. So uh, hopefully it, it holds us in good stead uh, for this year. Ross Stone said that the car will be the last Falcon built to the current regulations. Get through uh, the test day, another test day here at Queensland Raceway and then Clipsal and uh, then we'll, we will start as a parallel program with the car of the future. Race engineer Wes McDougall is pleased to be testing at Sandown ahead of the opening round at Clipsal on the streets of Adelaide in March. That, that's right. I think it's a great thing having it at Sandown. It's very 
similar in its characteristics to Clipsal Race with the curbs, the 90-degree corners, that type of thing. So I think teams will really use that to, to focus in on a Clipsal setup, and it'll be a good, good benchmark to see uh, where everyone is. Tim Slade spoke about his goals for 2012. I'd expect sort of, you know, top eight this year in the championship and, you know, a few more podiums and, you know, we'll be chasing for that first win pretty hard as well. The team Vodafone Commodore was unveiled in Sydney this week with the most red livery of any Triple Eight cover ever revealed. Defending series champion Jamie Winkup spoke about the new look to his ride. I thought what we had last year was almost perfect, but I feel they've uh, they've made enough of a change, and um, I think the car looks fantastic. Craig Lowndes is looking forward to the start of the season this weekend with the test day. Now, this year's uh, break, we've uh, been able to recharge the batteries, been able to refocus, um, you know, reflect on a bit of last year and, uh, and really come to grips with what we want to try and achieve this year. So uh, I'm feeling really good, fit and healthy and uh, raring to go. Triple Eight this year's have not only confirmed their co-drivers for Sandown and Bathurst, but has also secured the experience of Sebastian Bourdais and Richard Lyons for the Gold Coast International. Paul Dumbrell has been confirmed as switching to Triple Eight following his retiring from full-time driving at the end of last year. He was announced as the partner for series champ Jamie Winkup. Feeling good. It's, I've come off a 10-year full-time career and uh, now in the uh, backup role uh, for Jamie. So I'm really looking forward to it. So a different mind shift for me, but uh, what a better way to come to the, the championship winning team. One, two with both Craig and Jamie last year and... Uh, Obviously the pressure's there, but uh, that's the reason why they're so successful. Uh, they just demand uh, excellence. Warren Luff will continue his relationship with Craig Lowndes, established last year in the Audis at the Bathurst 12 Hour, this time in a V8 supercar. And at this stage is not feeling any additional pressure moving from 29th on the grid to second. At the end of the day, there's no more pressure and expectation than what you put on yourself. Obviously, uh, I go out there to race and race to win, so uh, and that's exactly what Craig and the whole team Vodafone team are about. So uh, hopefully we can do that come uh, Sandown and Bathurst. Gary Rogers has surprised many in up and down pit lane by announcing Frenchman Alexandre Primet as the team's replacement for Lee Holsworth. His first outing is this weekend and it's sure to turn many heads. Will Davison has announced that his second year at the Trading Post Falcon will prove the stability that is needed for him to be a contender. Hopefully the FPR driver will not sound like Marlon Brando at the end of the season. You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. Instead of a bum. Which is what I am. Let's face it. Also at FBR, the Rod Nash car prepared by them has confirmed Dean Canto as the endurance driver. Dave Reynolds as the time we record this show is yet to be confirmed as the main game driver. V8 supercars have leaked that Channel 9 and Channel 10 are interested in taking on the V8 supercars in 2013 as negotiations for the rights continue. The television bidding war is hoped to increase the income for the series following the recent High Court decision that the Optus Now TV recording app does not contravene copyright laws which could potentially devalue the online rights to the sport. One man who's moving back to the main game is Michael Patrici. He's been announced at Techno Autosport as the driver of the 91 car. The car this weekend will run a QR or quick response code livery, which may indicate that Mother Energy Drinks will not support the newly expanded team.
Earlier this week, Dick Johnson Racing launched the Norton Falcon for James Moffat in front of a solid crowd in the heart of Sydney's West. The Parramatta launch saw the car assembled by crew and fans, revealing the new livery which will be on the track this weekend. Talking liveries, HRT launched their 2012 design with a golden touch the team hopes will see them return to the top. Managing Director Steve Hallam also on hand to oversee the unveiling and emphasise that the team has renewed focus on winning, as he told Seven News on Sunday. You're only here once, so it's about making the most of what you can. 27 years in Formula 1, 3 years in NASCAR, I want a big bite at V8 supercars. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Lachlan Mansell and Jacob Black will look at launches, driver changes and where TV might lead. I hope you'll stay with us. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining me this week from Winton Motor Raceway, it's Lachlan Mansell. Good evening, Lockie. Good evening, Craig. And from, well, it's Speed TV, and isn't TV in the news of late? Jacob Black. Thanks for joining us once again, yep. Jacob. No problem, Craig. Hope you're going well. I am indeed, and uh, gee, I guess what we have seen in the last week has been some very, very interesting moves and shakes, and even in the last few days, we've seen some more interesting announcements with, of course, Warren Luff becoming a co-driver to Jamie Winkup, the series champion for the Enduros, Michael Patrese getting a drive again in the main game, moving into that Techno Autosports second car, Jacob, we have seen a lot of moves right late before the start of testing this weekend. That's right, and a few more to come as well. Obviously, there's the hoopla with the bottle cars still going on, so we still don't quite know for certain who's going to be in that and who will be allowed to drive that. So it's been a fair bit of movement. It's been an exciting, silly season, to say the least. Um, you just said uh, it was Luff with, with Winkup. I thought it was Luff with Lounge. You're right, it is Luff with Lowndes because PD's going with Wing Cup, isn't he? My mistake. That's right, okay. That's all right. I, for a second, I might have got Mike. It was confusing. I was about to rush to the CMS and quickly edit a story. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, it's me that gets it wrong. I'm not often right, but I was wrong again. Lockie, your thoughts of some of these developments? Yeah, well, probably not too much of a surprise to see Michael Patrizzi picking up that second techno auto sports drive after the negotiations between that team and Andrew Thompson broke down at the end of last year, beginning of this year. Uh, Michael Patrizzi was the driver who was most uh, rumoured to be joining that team for season 2012, but I think the biggest news for this season is not the signing of Michael Patrizzi or even the uh, signing of Paul Dumbrell 
and Warren Luff as co-drivers for Team Vodafone. It's actually been the signing of the French driver, Alexandre Prema, as the second driver at Gary Rogers Motorsport, and an announcement that has surprised even some of the most experienced and established journalists in the industry. Mm, that announcement came out late last week, and uh, I think the show went to air right when the press release came out on that one, and it was very interesting, Lockie, because, one, it does spark the debate of, is this series for Australians or for the internationals? A debate that started when Max Wilson from Brazil jumped into Dick Johnson Racing many years ago. It's a very interesting decision from Gary Rogers and what's most interesting is the fact that he's overlooked a lot of Australian drivers who would have slotted into that role very well, the likes of Alex Davison or even some of the drivers out of the development series such as David Russell or Tim Blanchard and gone for Alex Premer who has had lots of international racing experience but no experience in V8 supercars. It'll be interesting to see how he adapts to the V8 supercars, but I think in his favour is the fact that his experience overseas includes a stint in the German DTM Championship. And of all the touring car series around the world, you would have to say that the DTM series is the one with cars that are most similar technically to V8 supercars, i.e., you know, they're rear-wheel drive cars powered by V8 engines. So, um, you know, he has had experience in cars that are, well, relatively similar, although still with enough differences that it's going to make it challenging for him to adapt to V8 supercar racing. Jacob? He certainly had a lot of experience binning DNM, DTM cars and, and in pretty spectacular fashion as well. He's, he's a bit crash-happy, is Alexander Primat, so I'm not really... Um, sure where Gary Rogers is going with that one. I honestly think that what's happened there is that um, Gary Rogers had the choice between an up-and-comer who was who was quite good and or a driver that could bring some money, and there's plenty of those kicking around in Australia as well. And I think that at the end of the day, he's decided that the drivers that are up-and-comers, there's not really any that are really dazzling out there at the moment. Um, they're, it's sort of much of a muchness, and so he might as well go the pay driver route. And if he's going to go the pay driver route, why not go and, and ex, you know, take a risk and, and bring some interest into the series and into his team? And and um, I'm, I'm not sure that the V8 fraternity has given back Gary um, everything that Gary's Gary's put out there in terms of nurturing young talent and everything else. And and I think that at this stage of of his career as a team owner and, and at this stage of the championship that he's made a decision that's best for his business. And I, for one, think that uh, there's, there's not many people in pit lane who... Do, I wouldn't find anyone in pit lane who deserves to do that more than Gary Rogers does. He's given a lot to our sport. And, um, and I think that this decision, if it was a cash-based decision, um, he's got every right to make it. He also needs to make sure that Fujitsu are happy, and we spoke about that on last week's show. Fujitsu are a heavily paying sponsor, well, in current terms anyway, so he needs to make sure that he's delivering them results, and he's obviously decided that international experience is going to deliver him better results than taking on a, a David Russell, who now looks like he is out of a drive because we've earmarked Carl Reindler into Kelly Racing and also, of course, David Reynolds into the Bodlow car, Lockie. Yeah, well, it's interesting. You talk about the um, exposure and, and looking after Sujitsu as the major sponsor of that team. 
making the announcement about an international driver that surprised everybody has provided good exposure for Fujitsu, but will that exposure continue in terms of the team's on-track results? Will Premier go as well as what David Russell would have, for example? Uh, it's a question that we won't know the answer to, obviously, because David Russell doesn't have a drive. But, um, yeah, it'll certainly be interesting to see how Premier slots into that seat. And um, my gut feeling is it will take him a while to um, come to grips with the idiosyncrasies of V8 supercars. He'll run outside the top 20 for the first few races until he learns how to get the most out of the cars. It'll be interesting. Well, see, that's, the thing is, though, that that's no different. People that keep saying that keep saying that as if that's any different to the situation that would happen if he did take on a, a, a David Russell or, or even a Scott McLaughlin or someone. And the fact is that um, you know there probably is about as much difference between the thing that David Russell was rattling around in in Fujitsu's and the thing that um, that Promo was running around in in DTM's in terms of you know actually getting your head around differences and the nuances of the car. It's, um, you know, it's, I don't think that he's any worse off or in any different position with uh, Prema than he would have been with any other, you know, up-and-coming driver in terms of that betting-in process. So, mm. And it's good for the series to have a bit more international interest and a bit more, uh, you know, and to, to have another bloke stepping in from overseas and having a crack. Mm. It is an interesting situation, and it starts the uh, question of, is this the thin end of the wedge? I remember this discussion was when Max Wilson came to Australia. Max was going to be the thin end of the wedge of a Brazilian invasion, of an international invasion. It didn't quite happen. Once again, we're hearing those same stories, same mantra, that this is the thin end of the wedge of internationals coming and, and taking over the driving spots. Do either of you give that much credit? Not only do I not give an enormous amount of credit to it because it didn't happen with Max Wilson and after Max Wilson, and I don't think it will happen. I think there's still, you know, enough homegrown talent to keep the to keep the invading force out, if you will. But um, even if it, even if that was the case, and that our series did start attracting more international drivers, um, I really fail to see the the problem with that. If you know, we've got a We've got a lot of talent here in Australia and a lot of talent that's moving out and going overseas and chasing open-wheel careers and everything else. There's no reason why our guys aren't good enough to mix it with the internationals and there's no reason why we should be afraid of international drivers coming in and competing for our seats. And I think competitive drivers coming down to to take part in our series um, from overseas is nothing but a positive for the sport. I see what you're saying, Jacob, but in terms of whether or not we'll see more international drivers coming to Australia to compete in V8 supercars full-time, I think not. And in addition to the comments that you've already made, the reality is that Australia is simply not in the economic position to support any more than one motor racing series where you can become a professionally paid driver. Whereas if you go and race in Europe or over in the US... There's a lot of categories where you can be paid to drive racing cars. And that's why we've seen a lot of young drivers in recent times heading overseas to try and make a professional career. And those drivers who 
that are originally from Europe or from America tend to stay there because there's more chances of making money over there as a professional racing driver than there is here in Australia. So Alex Premer and Max Wilson, I think, you know, very much the exception rather than the rule as far as international drivers coming and competing in V8 supercars full-time. Don't get me wrong, V8 supercars is a great championship, one of the best in the world, but I think... Um, you know, the Gold Coast 600 one-off event will probably be about the extent of most international drivers' involvement. Mm. We need to take a break here on the V8 Insiders. Plenty more right after this. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Craig Ravel with Lachlan Mansell and Jacob Black. And guys, one of the interesting things, we talked about new drivers, but I've been interested in seeing what the liveries and sponsorships that have been rolling out from a number of teams. And I guess one of the biggest things is Jamie Winkup and Craig Lowndes are going to defend the well, the driver's and manufacturer's title once again in a car that is probably the most red we've seen since they've moved over to Holden, Jacob. It is. It's a pretty striking-looking car, and um, I, I remember having this conversation in the office all week about how different this car will be, and um, it, it is a lot more different than I expected it to be. There's a lot less silver and a, and a great deal more red. Um, I... I think it's nice to have a change from that car. I was really, really growing very sick of the the McLaren silver and the Dayglo orange. So um, that that Dayglo red is still there, but it's a, it's a much better looking car than I was expecting from Team Vodafone, and there's a lot. It's a much bigger Vodafone sign as well. I think I've noticed. Mm, lucky. Good to see Team Vodafone making a change to their livery. It's by far the biggest change that they have made to their racing livery for a few seasons now. Conversely, some of the other teams have chosen to come into season 2012 with quite similar colour schemes and designs to what they campaigned last year. The Holden Racing Team, for example, the only major change was the addition of the gold trim around the HSV logo on the side of that car. And I saw a picture of Will Davison's car at Ford Performance Racing today as well, the trading post car, and it's hard to, uh, or you're hard pressed to pick the difference. I think the biggest last year's one without having photos of them lined up next to each other. What I will say though is that so far all of the V8 supercars that I have seen this year look a lot better than this year's Formula One cars. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, the big thing about those four performance racing cars that I noticed, and I noticed it on Frosties when they released that on the ice uh, last week is there's no L&H sponsorship on the, the bonnet of Frosty's car, which is where I saw it missing first. And, of course, it transfers over to the Trading Post car as well. So interesting to see that FPR wasn't able to uh, secure for another season L&H, who uh, have had, uh, well, a reasonable 
business to business involvement in V8 supercars, not only with FPR, but of course with the now defunct 500 at Phillip Island. And uh, obviously, in a global financial crisis, in the way everything's tightening up, sponsorships are becoming harder and harder to get, which is interesting that Moffat has now got a car. And I'm wondering if yellow is the new blue for Ford because you've got the trading post in that orangey yellow and then you have the Moffat Norton black and yellow car, which doesn't have a lot of blue Ford logos on it. No, that's actually a really good point and it's a good pick-up on the LNH. I hadn't looked that closely, I've got to say, and I hadn't actually noticed that. So, so that was a good pick-up there. Yellow is looking like the new blue, which is frankly tragic because it's a horrible, terrible colour. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I think there was, there was no better change ever occurred at, at Brad Jones Racing than when they, when they switched from the, the yellow trading post car to the Team Barasuka. It's, it's just a rank colour, but it's... Obviously, Trading Post are throwing in a lot of money and Dunlop have always been great supporters of, of V8 supercars. Um, and so, and now, obviously, Norton 360 with their involvement with not only Team Vodafone, but obviously very heavily now, James Moffat. And it was, it's, a, it's not my cup of tea, the yellow and black Falcon, but it was a great um, PR exercise and a great marketing exercise getting out to the fans down at Parramatta and, and getting some lucky people from the crowd to build that car. So obviously there's some innovation happening in the way that V8 Supercars teams are unveiling their cars and I'm, I really like that this year. There's been a lot more stunts and a lot less, you know, here's a couple of photos or artist impressions released online prior to the test day. So, you know... In terms of actually getting out there and doing the job for our sponsors, our VHCR teams are doing a really good job and shouldn't really be out here in the press slagging off the colours because those sponsors are throwing a lot of support in. Mm. Lockie, it's interesting because you have the launch of the liveries for a lot of the teams out there now, but what Jonathan Webb and Michael Patrizzi are doing is really making everyone wait but teasing them with, uh, of course, the digital images on the car to scan to win. I was actually quite um, impressed with the QR code delivery that broke covers today on Michael Patrizzi's car there at Techno Auto Sports. The team have done something a bit different there. They're running a competition as part of that Sandown test day by running the livery on that car, and I think it'll generate some good exposure for that team. So uh, I take my hat off to them for for uh, doing something a little bit different to everybody else. They certainly have gone all out with that one, Jacob, but does that mean they're missing an opportunity to help their sponsors by not having it on there, or is this a sign that perhaps they don't have the sponsorship yet, Jacob? Uh, so you're putting me on the spot now. You're trying to get me in trouble. I think it's more likely that they have not finalised the sponsorship deal and that this is just them... Uh, getting out there and, and, you know, using that opportunity to unveil the car, um, you know, with something fun and interesting on there and generate a bit of interest and a bit of chat around it. So they don't really need the sponsorship deal at the moment. Uh, they will by mid-season, but they, they've both got enough money behind them to, to put that deal together. That's probably telling as to why Andrew Thompson's not in the 91 car. Uh, if they're running without a sponsorship deal or a naming rights sponsorship deal finalised just yet. Um, the black T-shirts would certainly give away the fact that they were 
that they're not they don't have anyone they whose company they want to promote just at the moment. Right. So, clever it, option with the QR with the QR code thing. Um, but yeah, like you said, doesn't look like there's, there's much in the way of sponsorship. Mm, it's an interesting one and interesting times ahead. A break and then the white flag lap where we've got to talk television on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the white flag lap here on the V8 Insiders. Jacob Black from Speed TV and also Lachlan Mansell from Winton Motor Raceway. Still with me as this is, uh, well, a few days before the cars get out on the track for the first official test. As we mentioned, there's two drivers still yet to be confirmed. Everyone believes it's Carl Reindler at Kelly Racing and David Reynolds at the Bottolo car in the FPR prepared car for Rod Nash Racing. But guys, how many times have you ever heard a racing team announce their co-driver before you know who their, officially know who their main driver is? With Dean Canto getting the nod, he knows he's going to be racing at Bathurst and Sandown, but uh, well, (laughs) who's going to be driving that car the rest of the year? Lucky? Well, if all the reports most of the major media outlets have been to, to be believed, then David Reynolds is a shoo-in for that seat at the Bottleboe Racing Team. But, yeah, it's different, isn't it, that the, the team's announced the co-driver, the endurance driver, before making the announcement of their main driver, which it can't be too far away now, the official announcement, because we've got the test day coming up at Sandown in the not-too-distant future. Jacob, uh, I'm going to have to go to you first because uh, I know that you have to play a very straight bat when we start talking television as Speed TV is obviously going to be uh, showing V8 Supercar Racing this year, but it is the last year of the current television deal and Speed TV showing more V8 Supercar Racing is something that perhaps the fans would like to see because Speed would have the opportunity of showing it live without any football commitments, we might say. Oh, bah, 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 bah. I know nothing. I know no-, no, honestly, um, I, I have no idea and, um, and have a boss who I enjoy working with and who I enjoy receiving paychecks from who <laughs> would dramatically change his attitude towards me if I went out in the press and said everything I wanted to say and thought about it. I think that... Um, you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting time. I think that some of what we've heard about 9 and 10 joining the, the uh, debate about television rights is a good thing. Um, I know that um, Speed TV will show V8 supercars in prime time throughout 2012. I don't have any idea what we're working on above my pay grade in terms of moving forward into the future, and I'm sure we'll all find out in due time, but... Um, you know, I, I would assume that the first option lays with Channel 7, mm. with the incumbent. Straight back to the bowler there nicely, Jacob. What about you, Lockie? You can say a bit more. The most interesting thing that I've heard in the recent media reports of the upcoming TV negotiations for 2013 and beyond 
is the fact that V8 supercars were looking at the option of having some events shown on one channel and other events maybe shown on another channel. Uh, talking about, for example, having Bathurst shown on one channel and the rest of the championship shown on another channel because they figured that might be a way of extracting the most money um, in the TV deal. It would certainly be interesting if we had that situation because that would mean different commentary teams on both channels and it will also be very interesting to see what role pay TV will play in the new TV deal. Mm. Do they, when V8 Supercars Television manages and produces the television rights uh, and television product, do they actually have to change their commentary team but for one person who is employed by the station? Okay, Jacob, you can say it. Yeah, took took the words right out of my mouth. Then, um, I mean, in in a lot of yeah, basically they don't. Um, they, there might be one or two people who are contractually obligated to one broadcaster um, solely, but basically um, that's all produced in house. Fair supercars takes care of it for the most part themselves. And if they wanted to, if they wanted to keep that commentary team and just give a feed out to the the broadcast network, I don't think that that would be an issue. I I couldn't see it being an issue. I don't, yeah, I don't see it being a problem. Guys, we need to wrap it up here on the V8 Insider. So as we are on the white flag lap, what's the one thing you're looking forward to on Test Day Saturday, Jacob? Test Day Saturday is seeing a number 55 bottle racing with Reynolds written in the rear quarter window and, and all of that rubbish and crud and contract politics just over with and everyone out on the track that deserves to be out on the track and David Reynolds deserves to be out on the track 100%. Mm. What about you, Lockie? Seeing Alexandra Prema coming to grips with the V8 supercar for the first time. All right. Oh, you just want to see the crashes, Lockie. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be interesting. That's, that's a bit harsh, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> when hasn't he been? But uh, we're not talking Mark Webber now. Guys, it's a pleasure to have you both on the show. And uh, from Speed TV, it is Jacob Black from Winton Motor Raceway, Lachlan Mansell. Thanks very much for your time and look forward to a big season as we uh, kick it off with the, well, the season preview, the official test day this Saturday. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Craig. As the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders, till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.